I've spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious fund managers around. And now I've decided to take the plunge and start my own fund. The real question is, how will I do it? With no investors and without an Ivy League degree, this podcast is going to give you the answer. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we start and build multi-million dollar investment funds. I'm Bridger Pennington, and this is Investment Fund Secrets. Whatever your situation is currently is not your forever situation. That's really what real business owners is, man. Like, we don't care where you come from. Where are you going? Our goal and our job is to reduce the mistakes that you have to make or the money that you have to lose. You want to be an entrepreneur, you want to be successful, don't give up. You learn, adjust, and continue to move forward. Welcome back to the Real Business Owners Podcast. This is episode 93, as always. Myself, Trevor Cowley. We got Cal Goodman. What's up, everybody? Guys, today we have an awesome guest for you. He's a Utah native as well. I believe. Were you born in Utah? Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. he is Utah a Utah. Native. Yeah. I know he lives here now. I didn't know for sure if you were born here, but guys, we want you to welcome uh, Bridger. Is it Pennington? Yeah, Pennington. Yeah, Pennington. So Bridger's a, a young hustler. You know, mm-hmm. I really wish I had the mind that he has at the age that he's at. Right. Uh, there's certain people that you just know that are going to do big things and Bridger's already doing big things, but your future is definitely super, super bright. Uh, by the time you're our age, you're going to be running circles around us if you're not already, you know? <laughs> so uh, we're excited to have you, dude. So well, we thanks appreciate for you. It's going to be fun. I'm excited on. to chat yeah. with you guys yeah. and hang out at the studio here in yeah. person. This yeah, is fun. Exactly. So, pleasure, yeah. yeah, we prefer the in-person stuff rather than the Zoom stuff. It's yeah. just a different energy, right? Yeah. Um, so you're the founder. Is it is it Blackbridge Holdings? Yeah, Blackbridge right? Holdings. Yeah, that's our fund. So we started that about four years ago. Okay. We do short term loans and debt out of that. Okay. And uh, so it's yeah, fund we started. We're launching that. We've launched two funds out of there. We're launching a third fund right now, um, out of that. So is then, that kind of your specialty then? Is that your main focus right now? Is is starting funds with a specific purpose in mind, whether it's real estate development or this? You yeah, exactly. Mix, you don't really mix funds. Uh, or do you segment them out? Like if you're doing loans over here versus real estate over here, or does some of them kind of mix in a little bit? Yeah, it's a good question. Most funds, like even this is private equity hedge funds, real estate funds, yeah. most funds, unless your name's like Bill Ackman or Warren Buffett or something, right. most funds are very specific. Gotcha. Just saying, hey, we have this investment thesis we're going to go after. Yeah. Like our new fund, for instance, we're going to go flip. We're going to find big box stores. I was talking to you before about yeah. this. Kmart, Shopco's, and we're going to convert them into commercial office. Yeah. In a very specific way at a certain square footage. So you be, you get, usually it's very specific with our funds. And I will launch, you can launch multiple funds. Yeah. So my my dad, for instance, and maybe if we get my story a little bit, this is how I got into this a little bit. But yeah. my dad is co-founder of a decabillion dollar family of real estate funds. So they manage just over $25 billion dollars in assets and they have 117 funds they run in multifamily and commercial office and they do debt on different loans. They do mm-hmm. senior assisted living and each each fund is a very specific niche. So fund. it's very niche yeah. and, and it just goes deep into that niche, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. And then if you want to do something else, you just kick up a new fund for whatever uh-huh. else you're, you're looking for money yep. for. So is that how you got into the space then? You kind of watched your dad kind of do all this stuff and grow these funds and, and make a good life for himself. So you were like, hey, I'm just going to follow follow suit, so to speak? Or? Yeah, so it's, it's actually funny. I grew yeah. up in, so I say that to my, my dad, you know, yeah. huge, you think of this big number, but I we grew up in a very average, normal, okay. middle-class house. My dad drove a 1999 Ford Expedition with 200,000 miles on it. 
And we he's were just one a, of those guys. Just one of he's, those guys. He's right? a Warren Buffett of Utah. Millionaire right? next door. And <laughs> yes. I didn't know we had any money growing up yeah. I, I, at all. And I, um, he taught me about entrepreneurship and getting into business. So I got into college. I started, I was just like that kid with just a ton of energy. So I yeah. started six businesses my first two years of college. Anything I could think of, right? I yeah. did real estate wholesaling. I built websites. Yeah. I did Chinese tutoring. I did like forex you're, trading. But you're trying to figure yourself out. Exactly. So you're just like casting as many lines as you can and see see what bites. Exactly. Right? And I yeah. and I'm happy I did it. You know. Yeah. And some of them they all made a little bit of money, but nothing yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. And finally, my dad grabs and goes, "Bridger, I want you to go meet with one of my business partners. I think this guy can really help you out, and really, I think he can help you think things through." So I we set this meeting. I drive up this this area, super nice area, through a gated community. Come to this beautiful white home. It's gorgeous. Pool Did in the you backyard. text your dad at that point and say, if this is your partner, why aren't we living <laughs> exactly. next to him? Exactly. I was like, like well, what is this? Like, yeah, who is this guy? Yeah. So I get out of the car. I walk in the door. I'm a little nervous. Like, yeah. this guy, is this a big house? And yeah. I knock on the door. I'm like, a butler's going to come and kick yeah. me off the property yeah. or something, yeah. right? Security. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, Doberman pinchers running out. You know? <laughs> exactly. Like you but see on the movies. Yeah. Thankfully, he answers the door and we, he comes in. We start to sit down. We chat. And we're talking about business and life. And I finally ask him, like, how did you get all of Yeah, how this? did you build this? Yeah. And I and he kind of laughs. He goes, not very many people ask me that question. And I was like, oh, shoot. Like, I guess you're Am not I crossing to, the Yeah, line, like, I'm not supposed to ask this? rich people that question, yeah, right? Yeah. And so and he goes, no, no, it's fine. It's just unusual a little yeah. bit. And so he goes on to tell me, though, that he was like me in his 20s, started a bunch of businesses, did actually pretty well, and then figured out what he called the secrets of the rich, the secrets of the wealthy. He goes, this is what all the wealthiest families in the world do. The Rockefellers, the Vanderbilts, you see the Trump family, the Romney family, all of them run funds. And, or they will have their kids, they'll sometimes even cheat to get their kids into these best universities, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheating We've about, that seen on the that. News. Yeah. We've seen yeah. that on the news. Yeah. Yeah. They'll go to do investment banker consulting and then they hope they go work in private equity, hedge funds, or they come back home and run the family office. Mm. And he goes, I, I've met a couple of gentlemen that ran private equity funds. And when I was, he said in his mid thirties, he said, I didn't care how long it took me, but I was going to figure out what a fund was and how to start one and run one. And he goes about eight years ago, me and your dad started a real estate fund. And he goes, we currently manage $8 billion of real estate and multifamily. And to put that into perspective, Grant Cardone, yeah. you know, Grant Cardone online, they manage about 1.1 billion. Yeah. These guys were managing seven times more, more than he is. than he does in multifamily same yeah. exact space yeah, yeah. and your was, dad wasn't flying around on the jet i know so i was i was stuff. super intrigued and yeah. i was and i i was talking to him and I, I go hey i've always heard find mentors hey can you be my mentor can mm. you teach me all this he goes bridger go ask your dad dude your dad knows way more about us than i do go talk to him I'm like no, no no my dad's poor we live in a crappy house yeah. like, i want to learn from you like, yeah. like come on and he goes <laughs> and that's when he broke into me bridger me and your dad make about the same amount of money and my chin dropped to the floor and I got in my car, I drove straight to my dad's house. I was like, dad, what the <laughs> heck? Like, what's going on? You know, yeah. I'm already in college. I'm the youngest yeah. kid, you yeah. know, I'm in college. And I'm like, why haven't I been able to order like a soda at Chipotle for the past eight years? Cause yeah. it's too expensive. Yeah, yet. <laughs> I, I couldn't get a combo meal all growing yeah, up. Exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly, yeah. I hope so, he just laughed. Yeah. I know, yeah, he did, he laughed. He goes, well, you know, I like to save and invest my money. My partner likes to show off and kind of spend his money. But yeah, yeah. we run these big funds. And sorry, I'm going long on this, but long story no, short. He sat me down and taught me about funds, how funds work, the inter- interworkings of the SEC, how to raise capital, how to file, how to, you know, compliance, all the kind of stuff with the fund. And about eight months later, I was working at a company and I had an idea for a fund. We could lend money to some of their clients and do financing for them. Came back home, I talked to my dad. I said, dad, I got this great idea. He sat down, we, we mapped it all out, we framed everything out and I got it all ready to launch my first fund. I'm 22 years old, I'm excited. 
And I, uh, I, for whatever reason, overlooked for a fund, you need money. Like that's the basis of a fund, right? That's like the most important thing. I just, I didn't really think about it much. And I thought, well. Well, I thought the money came from everybody yeah, else. I thought everybody, yeah, yeah. So I figured right. out that part, but I go, well, my dad's rich. Yeah. He yeah. loves me. I'm a son. He likes the idea. Mm-hmm. We'll totally invest. And so mm-hmm. I remember it was a late Sunday night. I, I walk into my dad's office. I sit down. I say, dad, I want to thank you so much for helping me out. And I kind of gave him the pitch in my best pitch voice possible. I said, dad, how would you like to be our first investor into this fund? And he kind of smiled and laughed and he goes, (laughs) he goes, Bridger, he goes, I have the money to invest, but if I invest in your fund, I would ruin the experience of you going out and raising money on your own. Mm. The the first investor is the hardest investor. This will be a crutch that you'll never be able to recover from. Mm. He said, no, he kicked me out. He said, go go figure this out. This is up to you. And so I took him up on the challenge. I um, over the next six weeks, I talked to everybody. You I had knew. something to prove at that yeah. point. Yeah, pops had right? to prove it to yeah. him. And I went out and raised a whopping forty nine thousand dollars from I think six investors who put in like seven to ten grand a piece. But so that's, that's super that's small. Awesome, that's dude. still not yeah. bad for a twenty two year old so, that's just trying to figure things yeah. out, right? If you know anything about funds, right? That's that's micro nothing. small. Yeah, that's yeah, teeny. Yeah. But it was enough to get started. We were doing these micro loans. They were two to five thousand dollars a loan. So we started. And we did these loans and our first group of investors got a 64% return on their money. Mm. And I sent them the money back and they were excited. Like, hey, let's do another. So we started launched a second fund. And since then, now we've raised and deployed millions of dollars in that second fund. And now we've launched a third fund, uh, which I mentioned about the real estate. Yeah. We're moving to real estate more. We've soft raised about $18 million for that fund. So it's it's up and up. It's starting to go and, and take off. So anyways, that's what we decided, kind of did. And, and then about a year ago, we started to a lot of people ask me how I started my fund. Yeah, my dad, my brother's a securities attorney as well. Okay. So SEC is securities attorney. So between the three of us, we've got pretty good knowledge yeah, about yeah, funds. Yeah. So we started an online product and course and podcast and stuff like that to just help people understand yeah. private equity Be, well, hedge funds. Well, I, stuff I like think, that. I mean, even for me personally, if somebody's, even at the level we're at, if somebody's like, hey, you should start a fund, it would feel overwhelming like to even think about, like, where would I even start? Yeah. Like, how mm-hmm. would I even do that? Like it seems like that you would already have to have very deep pockets to even start a fund Mm -hmm. just to get to the point where you can take on other people's money. So, I mean, I I could see why it would be intimidating to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So you're taking kind of everything that you've learned and everybody in your ecosystem that have taught you and you're putting that into a course that you're currently selling a coaching group. I mean, tell us a little, is it a course or a coaching group or a hybrid of both? Yeah, both. We got both in there. So it's, we've, we've brought together myself, my dad and about seven other mentors that run funds. And we, we only find people that did it unconventionally. Gotcha. So people that didn't do the Harvard route or yeah, the Ivy yeah, League. Yeah. People like just like us that are just regular entrepreneurs. That where it makes sense to the average out. person. Yep. Where they can feel like, oh, well, if they can do it, I can do it. So exactly, speak, yeah. Right? So we have lawyers that come in. We have a whole programming group. We started it exactly about one year ago. Okay. We launched it. We've got about 1,100 students. Oh, wow. That have paid anywhere from two to $10,000. To That's learn kind of, how to start a fund. They come in our group and we've helped. We've got four funds that are over $10 million. We've got yeah. about six or seven over a million. And we got one fund that just hit $500 million out of our group. Wow. And they've done that in one year. Yeah, wow. It's cra- crazy. crazy to see what, and I don't take credit for that, but I take credit for just giving them the idea well, yeah, and yeah. giving them the vision, essentially. And that's what my dad gave me, yes. was the vision of yes. this is possible. This yeah. is in with my scope that's, that's of all. what I could do. That's, so. that's it, you know? And when we get messages, even on Instagram, oh, thank you guys so much. And it's like, no, we didn't. All we did is give you some information. Exactly. The hard part is not getting information. The hard part is... Actually taking action on the information because that's where people get paralyzed by Mm. fear 
is taking a concept or information that they already know to be true and turning it into a reality rather than just an idea or a thought. Mm-hmm. So yes, well, that's, there, there that's is why power love, in that. I love your guys' show too. Yeah. I've, I've been looking at your episodes and listening to them and yeah. you guys bring on people yeah. that are seemingly regular people like yes. anybody listening. And that's yeah. what I love too. I yes. love to listen to people that are regular. Yeah, but that have done that something. Ended up with a hundred million or $200 million. Yeah. Like, you know, if he yeah. could do it, I could do it. Or if she could do it, I could do it. What right. we're doing yeah. is bringing yeah. uh, basically something that would seem impossible to an individual, we're narrowing that gap in terms of saying, well, so-and-so has this past, this past, this past, and they overcame all of that and they still were able to do that. I have the speckled past, but I don't have to let that hold me back, Mm -hmm. you know, or I've had issues here or whatever it is. And so we're trying to pull that closer to them and bring that into their ecosystem, so to speak, to where they feel like it's possible, Mm -hmm. right? Because it is possible. It just, it does take a lot of, you know, banging your head against the wall, so to speak. And, you know, a lot of the grunt work of having to start the fund and, you know, get familiar with it. Like even the course or the coaching that you provide. Yes, you're going to have to invest time and you're going to have to learn information. And that's not the funnest thing in the whole world to do. The fun part is making money. But a lot of people just don't want to do the unfun stuff to get to the point where they can actually enjoy what they've built. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, tell us, you know, a little bit about how you present something to somebody to yank money out of their pocket. Right. Well, how do you, mm-hmm. how do you build the trust? Is it normally referrals that you get? Or is that what it's getting to now to where it's like, yes, I've inv- you need to invest with him. Like if I gave you money and was making money, then I'm going to obviously go to Cal and say, hey, Cal, check this out. Is that really, is that where it's at kind of now? Yeah, I would say 100%. Well, and the SEC has rules that you cannot right. publicly advertise your fund. Oh, gotcha. So I can't even run a billboard if I wanted to or a Facebook gotcha. ads. It's against the law to do it uh, um, for some of our funds. So, so for people listening to this show, I'm not looking for investors. Yeah. On doors. Yeah. It's a lot of, it's referrals. It's word of mouth. Yeah. And that's how even the biggest funds, my dad's big funds are even huge funds out there, multi-deca billion dollar funds. So it's the only way that you get to the billions is by proving yourself mm-hmm. a billion times over on all these little funds showing returns and then the funds just keep growing because the word continues to yeah, get and typically, out. typically, you know, your first fund or even syndication, for me, right, that was not, it's not, I'm not gonna be a millionaire on that first one, $49,000. Yeah, yes. What that was for was to prove to concept. six investors yeah. that I could, I was, you know, I made, they made a lot of money with Bridger. To hold your exactly. money. Exactly. Yeah. But I, back to your, kind of your question though, where do you go about it? Yeah, how asked, do you go I, about I, it? I asked my dad this, because I was, so I'm 22. He, yeah. he denies me investing, yeah. right? And by the way, to, to date, he's never invested in any deal, project, anything I've, I pitch him all the time. So Smart I, I pitch him like, yeah, like once a month, I pitch him on something. He still always says, no, I'm gonna get him one of these days though. Yeah, We're gonna get him yeah. on something. But, <laughs> but um, cause I was worried, I don't have the, the Harvard degree. I don't yeah. have the track record. I'm yeah. young too. I, there's, everything's against me. Like, how am I gonna yeah. do this? And so he said, Bridger, I want, he gave me an example. And this, this changed my life, how I thought about money. Um, he said, Bridger, imagine me and you just found a Lamborghini Aventador in Billings, Montana. There's a lady selling it. She's going into bankruptcy. We could buy the Lamborghini for $50,000 this Saturday. And that's how we've had a mechanic look at it. It's, check, it's actually a legit car. And we have a verified buyer in California that already is going to buy the car for $200,000 on Monday morning. Okay. He goes, this is an example. Just go with me. But this is it. And so he says, could you find the $50,000 by Saturday? You can't use any of your own money. Could you find 50 grand? It's guaranteed if you find 50 grand by Saturday, you'll make and your investor will make $150,000 on Monday morning. 
And I thought about it and I thought, well, you know, maybe a former boss or a college professor or a friend from high school, it was 50 grand. I was like, you know what? It got you thinking. I was like thinking yeah. about it. I was like, yeah. you know what? I'll stay up late. I'll wake up early. I'm going to be running around. I'll fly across the country. 50 grand. You know what? And it's gar- it's 100%. It. He goes, 100%. And he was like, yeah, I could do it. Mm-hmm. And he goes, what about 100 grand? Let's say it was $100,000. You're still going to make 100 grand this weekend. I go, yeah. Dang straight. I'm going to make 100 grand this weekend. Like, I could do it. Yeah. I could. I think I could, you know, hit up enough people and I could put together 100 grand. He goes, why? And I go, well, because you said it was foolproof. It was 100% guaranteed. There's not a possibility of losing money. And he goes, aha, there it is. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, three minutes ago, you were telling me you're too young. You don't have the college degree. You're inexperienced. And all of a sudden, you're telling me you could raise $100,000 by Saturday morning. Right? What happened? The deal was so good. The deal was so foolproof, right? And he goes, that's the way you need to pitch your fund. He goes, the reason most people can't raise money is because they do not believe in their deal like you believe in that Lamborghini deal. They mm. they kind of hope, they think it might work, but if it loses money, ah, you know, they're in and out. And so this is, my dad said, this is how they raised their first $100 million fund, was they would go, they found these great multifamily deal or apartment complex in Miami, Florida. It's 50% discount, it's a distressed asset in 2009. They would go to an investor and say, hey, we're not from Harvard, you know, because they, they have Harvard guys pitch them all the time, mm-hmm. these big family offices. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're not from Harvard, okay? We're not sophisticated because a Harvard guy will pitch. This is how they pitch. Hey, we're smart. We're from Harvard. We theorize that over the next 18 months, we're going to go out and we're going to find great properties. We're going to buy them and we're going to flip them. That's how they pitch. My dad and his partner would walk in and say, hey, we're not from Harvard. We're not sophisticated. However, we just found a property in Miami, Florida. It's appraised for $8.4 million. We just found it for $4.2 million. We have to close by the end of the month you want in or out. You're smart. You've done a lot of real estate deals before. Here's a, you know, here's the, bring the pro your, forma yeah, here's the pro forma. Yeah. Bring your real estate buddy in. Yeah. If you can poke holes in it, poke holes. But if you can't, can we put you down for $500,000 in this deal? Yeah. And my dad said nine times out of 10, they chose the deal because they pitched the actual deal over the degree and the theorizing about it. So that's how we went about raising our funds mm. is we would pitch the deal to the investor, or the, when I say deal, it's the investment strategy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'd pitch that to investor and say, hey, poke holes, let's go. Let's just focus on the deal, look you know, look there. And that, yes, there's something to- You get a yes without getting the full yes. The yes is based on them not finding any issues with the mm-hmm. deal. And if you already know they're not gonna find issues with the deal, you, you kinda get the yes saying, if you don't find any issues with this deal, can I put you down? And everybody's gonna say yes, mm-hmm. if you can't find you can't an issue. Yeah. Right. Well, sure. Yeah. If, if everything looks good, why not? Mm-hmm. Right. And so you're getting the soft yes when you already know they're going to look at the deal and it's going to be a good deal. Therefore, they're going to feel obligated. They already kind of made that soft commitment to move forward. Right? Exactly. And this is what we this is what we teach in our program and stuff. Yeah. We call it the fun launch formula. So step one is you most people that go on a Harvard guy that wants to go launch a fund. Most of them say, hey, go hire a lawyer. It's about 40 to 60 thousand dollars. Hire a lawyer. Get the docs already, paperwork, and then go and pitch your investors and hopefully you raise money. If you don't raise money, you're stuck with a $50,000 legal bill, right? The way we teach it and the way that all the entrepreneurs that I brought on, they launched their funds, they would find a great deal or investment thesis. They would frame it out, build their pitch decks, go and pitch investors, even before legal docs are done. I'd pitch you and I'd say, hey, legal docs aren't done yet. They're going to be done in a couple weeks. Yeah. But if, if it all checks out, can I put you down for you know, a million dollars or $500,000 or $250,000 on this deal. And you get soft commitments on mm. that. And once you have enough soft commitments, 
then and only then you go and hire the lawyers and get the deal. And now if they don't like the deal, you ask them, well, what don't you like about it? Well, I don't like your team. Maybe you don't have enough experience. Mm. Okay, hey, what if we brought on a Harvard guy? Would you not like us then? Yeah. Or hey, maybe you don't like deals in Miami, but do you like deals, maybe we're in Utah, right? In Utah. Yeah, yeah I like those. So you, go, you can go back to step one and iterate before you've spent any money. Right. So essentially your investors are paying you to build the fund for them. They're paying you to build a fund that mm. they want and love and then once you have those soft, like I just mentioned, we have $18 million in soft commitments. Yeah. Right now, we just barely signed with our lawyers like yesterday to start our legal docs. And to, that's the- That's what we need to build a course that, on. That, that, build that's, a course yeah. on how you get attorneys to turn that over so quick. <laughs> yeah. I can't oh, get nothing. Yeah. Exactly. I can't yeah. get attorneys yeah. to do nothing in two weeks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, that's a course we'll buy right now. <laughs> you got to get attorneys to respond fast, <laughs> you know. Jeez. Jim is great, but he yeah. still don't turn shit around very quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean- they're all tough. Yeah. You know, they're all busy getting blown mm-hmm. up from every every entrepreneur individual. So mm-hmm. um no, that's badass, dude. That's that's super, super cool. And so when you first started raising money, you just started thinking about who do I know that has like five, ten grand? And then you just started, hey, let's do lunch. Or you know, yeah. how how did you approach those first deals? Like you know how people yep. are like, hey, come to this meeting. It's oh, free I know. lunch. I you know, the yeah. MLMs. And then you're like eating lunch you're and then the pitch there, starts yeah. happening. Is that how you do it? Just no, I, I'm thankful I didn't do that. No. You know? Um, most people, and it's, I think every investor is going to be different. Yeah. And every way you find investors different. Yeah. Um, something I do is I'll go to like an event. We were at the event. Oh, you yeah, meet yeah. people. Right. So you invest into maybe networks yeah, and, and great get around to, high power players that you know might have a little bit of coin. Yeah, great way to do it is yeah, you can buy, pay your way in or even just, there's plenty of events, even I guess even with COVID, there's a people meeting up or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But I'll usually, if, you know, during while we're talking, I ask them, what do you do? And they tell me what they do and I go, oh, hey, well, what do you do? I, well, I run funds. You know, we do funds in these certain things and yeah. and actually technically I, I cannot pitch somebody a fund when the first time I meet them. So the rule in the SEC is I, that, that would be under advertising, actually right. soliciting. So I'll, what I usually say is, hey, do you like deal? Like, do you like seeing deals? Like, I have a bunch. I always get just because the nature of my business. I always get these hard money deals and real estate deals and land deals. And like, is that something that's kind of off your appetite? And they'll nine times out of ten say, yeah. Like everyone loves to look at a deal. Yeah. yeah. And, just, and I go, hey, well, let me get your email. If I ever get a good deal, can I send it your way? Oh, that'd be great. And so we grab emails. And what I do the next two to three months is like, cause I do get a lot of deals. I tell people everyone I'm running a fund and I tell people I'm looking for deals. So people just send me deals all day. I get email all day. And I, if I see a good one, I'll package it up and I'll send it to Kale. And I'll say, hey, here's, here's a deal, potential one. You want to look at it? Mm. And um, they'll go, no, I want to pass on this one. I'll send him over two months. I'll send him deals. And then now he knows me as the deal guy. He knows me as somebody that looks at deals and finds stuff. And then eventually mm. I'll go, hey, our fund is actually doing an opening. We're raising some money. Here's, here's my deal. Do you wanna do you wanna learn more? Is this up your and I just say it's is it up your appetite? If it's not, let's just stay friends. It's fine. Yeah. I'm not gonna pitch yeah. anybody. But if it's in your appetite, let's yeah. go talk about it. And if it's not, no worries. Let's just say stay friends. That's been the the process like, a I lot like of times. That. Some various money. So I like that. So I've been pitched on all kinds of things over the years, right? One thing that never really sits well with me is because I've been approached by this about this several times. These guys come to me, hey, you want to invest, multifamily deal or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But they just want to basically borrow your money and pay you a little percentage. And then once they refinance the deal, then they buy you back out. I'm like, cool. Or you made 7% a year on your money for two years or whatever. And I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, I thought I was investing some into some equity, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, So a lot of times I know there's these deals where 
that's really the the deal is they're just going to hurry and buy you out, refinance, get you out of the deal. And you only made like 7% a year, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't like those type of deals. I always look for deals that are going to be more like equity long term. Like yeah, you're yeah. a part of the ownership of this, of this deal. And so do you guys do deals like that sometimes? Or is that like, you stay away from those types sure of things. I'm sure there's it's, like there's different funds, I'm sure, right? Yeah, with art with me personally, ours is usually a we step pretty basic to a two and twenty model with eight percent pref, two percent catch up, things like that. But you can the nice thing about funds. You just talked over us, bro. Oh, sorry. Eight yeah. percent what? We can go through that if you guys want. Yeah, yeah. Eight, uh, see, you know, going through it. Yeah. We're having new people on. We we learned too while we while we're on the show. While you guys, yeah, are no, this is out of listening. our world, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We get pitched on something. We're like, <laughs> yeah. Well, we can run through that. Well, I, I was just saying with funds. When I say a fund too, just for people listening, all I mean is a pool of money, right? Yeah, that you can grab from and deploy into XYZ deal. Yeah. The nice thing is the SEC is actually, it's very open. You can structure that pool however you want. Right. So you'll sometimes get pitched by a greedy manager. Hey, yeah, Kale, give me your money. Yeah. I'll, I'll pay you like 6%. Right. And then I'm going to take the, the, the lion's bullshit. share. Right. Yeah. And a lot of times you'll call that person out. Hey, this is an expensive, this is an expensive deal. Right. This is expensive. You know, you guys right. are taking way too high. I, I call because I guess since most people don't know funds, I see a lot of funds pitched, and then you just and like, I call hey, them out. Yeah. I'm like that. That's way too expensive. Yeah. Oh, well, we won't name names, but on some of that event we were at, some I, of those deals that were pitched I, at from stage, yeah, I was like, call, call I don't know out. anything about this world, and I'm like, I can tell that you guys are freaking raping people on fees. Yeah, well, you know? did, I, 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 I grabbed the mic. I grabbed. Did you? I don't know if you heard me. I grabbed the mic and I go, Can you explain? They were just going to charge a two percent management fee, an acquisition fee, a disposition fee on the property. Yeah, and I was then in there they were going to do like a seventy thirty split with a four percent. It was super expensive. Yeah. If you know funds, it's right. very expensive. And I was like, can you explain, justify why you guys are doing that? And he was like, oh, I, because if, and in that case, <laughs> if they made, if the property made a 10% return, yeah, they would have made 6% mm -hmm. and you would have made 4% right. on the property. Like that's how egregious, they're mm -hmm. taking more than half right. of a, now if, if the property made a hundred percent, then, you know, you would make more, but yeah, it's pretty interesting. So yeah, it's yeah. crazy, uh, man. So there's plenty of sharks in the, in the get your money for a fund deal. Uh, I mean, I guess it's probably just like anything else. There's plenty mm -hmm. of great business owners. Yep. There's bad business owners. There's good people. There's bad people. Good funds, bad funds yep. type situation. Yeah, 100%. Well, a lot of these, when I say funds, too, a lot of most of those guys are doing syndications. Right. Yeah. They're saying, hey, let's syndicate some money. A little bit different than, hey, I'm setting up a 10-year close-ended fund. Yeah. That's a little bit different. Buying this, exiting mm -hmm. here at yep. this at this rate of return. Usually those are, I would say, more honest and more yeah. thought through because it's a fund. A lot of the syndications can get sometimes slimy. Sometimes they're fair and just depends. You got to look at the paperwork, yeah, the yeah. fine print. How do you spot, how do you spot I was the just shitty gonna ones? Ask, yeah, I was just going to ask that. Like, what are some <laughs> of the right questions people should ask if they were wanting to invest into a fund? Because they just don't know what to do with their own money, right? Mm -hmm. They know that people are making money uh, with their money, mm -hmm. but they yep. might have 50 grand or a hundred grand sitting there and they have no idea what to do with it. So you, they might as well give it to somebody that is very good with money and knows how to manage it and flip it. And, you know, yeah, I, we, we actually generate just, returns. We put know? out a recent episode on this. The, yeah. uh, we called it the lie of averages, like the law of average, but yeah, lie. Yeah. because as you get an IRR is the most manipulated number on the planet, I I can take my funds. What's that initial rate of return? Yeah, internal rate of return, oh, IRR, internal. which is kind of the standard. Okay. I mean, number a lot of mm -hmm. investment people use okay. that number. I was actually had a guy I, I talked to for a, he manages a multi billion dollar fund. He's like that. We can change that number if we want it to be an eleven. We can. It's because because the IRR number is based off of the the well the U.S. Treasury 
essentially of what, sure. you, what you could earn in other places. And so right now, I mean, you have $18 trillion trading at zero or negative interest rates in Europe. I mean, so is that our basis? What basis do you use? So anyways, IRR can be manipulated. There's a lot of numbers that they'll, they'll use. Mm. That is, they can manipulate. They can, then they'll, hey, they'll, the time period too. Hey, you got, you got an, uh, 100% IRR over the last uh, eight months. But if it was 12 months, that would have been like a negative four, right? Or over the last six years, you got a 22% return. But they didn't tell you that it was up and then it tanked to negative 20 and then it was up, right? If mm. you're just looking at your time horizon as well, what I like to do back to the question of how do you cut through the BS? Yeah. Um, number one, if I'm getting pitched anything, you got to like the idea. Obviously, that's right. kind of the soft stuff. You like the idea. You like the team. You like the jockey. But getting into the weeds, I always get into the weeds of fees. Of okay, tell me exactly your fee All structure. Your fees. Every fee. Yeah. Um, and I'm say I'm okay to pay. You're a money manager. Yeah. You need to make some money, but I want to just understand how uh, you're making how you're making money because yes. some some like those guys were doing. They were doing a two. They said we're doing a two percent management fee. What they didn't tell the group was they had an acquisition fee, one point. When they bought a property, they'd take a point. Yeah. And then they had a disposition fee when they sold it of another point. And then um, it was 2% a year. So if they held that property for three years. So let's say it's $100 million. Mm-hmm. They're going to make a million right off the bat. When they buy it. $2 million a year for the three years. So that's $6 million. Okay. And then $1 million when they sell it. So now that's $7 million. Eight, or Yeah, it's $8 million. At the beginning and the end, right? Oh yeah, yep. So they made eight million. That's the just the fees, and then a lot of a lot of the managers will split like a seventy thirty split on top of that. So in that hundred million dollar example, if you if they made eleven million at the end of the day, first eight million goes to them, okay, and then there's three million left over that you guys split seventy thirty. Seventy thirty. So eleven percent return, which is not bad. It's not a decent return on hundred million dollars. You took home like what two and a half percent. Yeah. Something like that. So they might talk about the number or the percentage that the fund has the ability to make. And you assume that you're going to make that 11%. But in reality, the take home is by the time they pull the chips off the table that they're getting in terms of all the fees, it can dwindle down. So what I like to ask, and this is actually, I met a, a guy, he runs, he manages about 150 family offices. He helps do, they have a conglomerate of hundred. So he manages just around, I think a billion dollars with all these family offices. They're kind of mid-sized family offices, but he says, what we use is we just ask, because there's all these, the sharp ratio and there's IRR and APY Mm -hmm. and whatever. He goes, just tell us the return we're going to make every year. Like just boil it down down to nothing. Yeah. What after your fees, after after everything, everything, Mm -hmm. what could, what's my potential return? What am I making? What's my high, mid, Provided it does this, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. In terms of your presentation. And then at that point, you can kind of boil it down to really understand what your rate of return would be, not the overall fund's rate of return, right? Yeah, exactly. So I I like that. If I'm looking to invest, I like to just boil it down. It makes it simple. Mm. What's my return? Right. And uh, rather than trying to understand all their fees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Be very clear me, to, hey, just tell me what, what's mine, bro. Over yeah. a one year horizon, five year, 10 year horizon. What have you done in the past? What was the actual? I don't want to hear the IRR of the past. I want to hear mm. the returns to your investors yes. over the past. Mm-hmm. It's a really great way to just cut through the BS and get mm. down to the numbers um, as well. Yeah. What type of funds would you say are the best funds in terms of rate of return? Is it usually real estate? Is that, I mean, it seems like there's a lot of real estate funds out there. Is that like the primary, you know, focus for the majority of funds? 
because um, of the return? Yeah, I, I'm not going to say best funds for financial advice, but there's a majority of funds are real estate funds. Yeah, because it's easy. Yeah, there's a lot of house flippers, glorified sure. house flippers that are going to go Old do type a, family, bigger buildings, this, that whatever. Um, rate of return though, I mean, it, it just depends on the structure of the investment thesis. There's gotcha. very low yield real estate funds, which are great. They're, they're yeah. just cash flow. They're going to buy really safe A class type of properties. Um, hedge funds typically are looking for you know pretty good alpha. Pretty, they're trying to beat the market yeah. year over year by you know 10, 10 points if they can. Um, venture capital funds, right, are trying to go for these home run type of yeah. unicorn things. So yeah, yeah. it really just depends on the thesis. But some hedge funds play it really safe. Hey, we're just we're targeting for a thirteen percent return. That was Bernie Madoff. Bernie Madoff for thirty years, his whole fund was, you hey, we're gonna the- get you twelve percent a year. It's one percent a month. And they they he gave our his investors twelve percent a year for thirty years. Wow. And he was the greatest guy ever. He was the president of the NASDAQ. Yeah. He was on the board of the SEC. I mean, he he knew everybody. Everybody was, loved him. It was his <laughs> yeah. story is wild. It like, is wild. They the SEC investigated him, I believe, two times. They did a full and, he and they did yeah. Then, oh, great. We love Bernie. He's good. Can't find anybody complaining really. Yeah. So it must be Everyone good. Everyone was happy. And then finally, it took an analyst at another firm looked had to look into the books and did his own own like audit. An audit. Yeah. Out externally, I mean, because he's a, at a different firm, presented the audit to the SEC and said, "You guys need to go look at this again." Yeah. And uh, and then they finally were like, "Oh, this is a the biggest Ponzi scheme of all time." And you know, <laughs> Bernie God. took on it. It's that yeah. that story is crazy. That is insane. insane. I, I did watch it. What's that show called? Uh, uh, Greed. Yeah, I think or so. What's that? Uh, American Greed. Yeah, American Greed. Oh, I think yeah. I saw it on that. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a good show. Sometimes because a lot of those guys, they could have been very, very, very successful in general. Mm-hmm. Like they're pretty brilliant minds in order to craft up all the bullshit that mm-hmm. they're crafting up. So if they could do all that, they could have done it yep. in the in the right way and probably still made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But they just stayed on the wrong side of things. It's just like when you get a right? great sales guy, but he can't not lie on the phone. Yeah, you know? you're, it's like, like, dude, you're so talented, you shouldn't have to lie, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Like, like, just do it right, bro. You can make like a lot more money. Blood or something. <laughs> I don't know. What I have let you have like charge those guys start out with. I feel like they start out with a good intent, mm-hmm. and then they just like. I think Bernie. I think you know. You just don't want to let like, a lot of fund managers or man, money managers they don't, don't let people down. They don't want to let people down. They just and so what they do. It's like it's like gambling or anything. Yeah. Hey, we made a big loss. I'm not going to tell anybody. We're gonna make it up over the next six months. It'll yeah. be fine. Let's yeah. just right? get some more money. Let's do something yeah. else with the money. Let's try to create a return. <laughs> so and then if it fails, yeah. fails, fails, it's like, oh crap, we've just got to take this pool of money and pay people back. Exactly. And then let's yeah. just do it that way. And they way. just get put into yeah. this whole thing. Yeah. And so I tell people, especially Almost too deep money, to turn around, yeah. it seems like, right? Yeah, exactly. So you just gotta be honest. You got and I think before you man, if you're thinking of listening to the show or whatever, wanna take someone's money. You got to really ask yourself if if you're the type of person if that can that can handle honestly, the, one, the pressure mm-hmm. and not kind of get you know uh, seduced mm-hmm. right by having access to large amounts of yep. money and feel like right? you're a, a deeply honest person. If you're not, don't feel like you're deeply honest. You shouldn't just get don't don't even play with this. Don't game, touch somebody right? else's be, money because you're gonna go to you're gonna go to prison. Yeah, you're go to jail. It's gonna yeah. be bad in the end. Yeah, and right. so just don't do it. Yeah. Do you guys, since you're, you have a course and you got all these students, I mean, is it you, you know, you only target people that go out and get their licenses or is a fund something you can put together with people that have licenses, but you not be licensed? Like how does that, all that work? Great question. I actually do not hold any licenses right now. Right. Mm. And I, we've landed two funds, launched our third right now. Yeah. Um, the license, licensing depends on what you're doing. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad was great because I thought I'd have to get a license. A series, usually a, a fund manager typically Six. have a series 63 mm-hmm. okay. or a series 65 is the two main ones. 67, or excuse me, a series seven. You can do it working a broker dealer. Yeah. There's, other, there's a couple other ones, but six, series 65 is the main fund manager. You Where you got to take, you can take on people's money at that mm-hmm. point. And you can be, you can take on investment fees, yes. management fees. And this is kind of what we actually teased a little bit earlier. You were like, you just talked to my head. I'll explain that. Actually, I should explain that because that goes into why what licenses. So mm-hmm. imagine you had, let's say I'm pitching you guys a fund yeah. and I'm saying, Hey, our fund, we're going to target a 20% return. Okay. How is that return? So if our fund got a 20% return this year, how would it get broken out? My fund does an 8% pref. It's a pr- preferred rate of return or pref. That's kind of the, the words most funds will use. So the first 8% goes to you guys. Okay. I don't make mm. any money until you make the first 8%. Now gotcha. after 8%, we do, in my fund, we have a 2% catch up. So the next 2% go to the fund manager. So the ninth and 10th percentile come to me. So if this year we only got a 9% return, first you 8% only made 1%. We go to you and I would only make 1%. Mm. Once we hit 10%, we then split 80-20. So 80% to you, mm. 20% to me. And, um, and then in my fund, actually, once I hit 20% return, we then split 50-50. So 50 to you, 50 to me. Which incentivizes me. I was me just going to say, there's an incentivized component there. Exactly. Because you're going to want to hit 25, 30, mm-hmm. 40, 50% because then you're making more money. I make tons And of I money, would yep. rather have my money with somebody that's incentivized to make more of it, right? Exactly. Yep. And hit those tiers. It's almost like a sales rep making commission. Mm-hmm. You know, if they hit these higher numbers, you're getting paid more overall on all your deals. So it's forcing them to maybe push themselves a little bit more in order to to dig deep and get those deals that they need to get that higher commission. Exactly, and yeah. It's the same concept. Yeah. So that performance fee. Yeah. So there's in a fund that's called a performance fee or carried interest. Okay. And you'll hear this on, once you hear it now, you'll start hearing on CNBC or whatever. It's a disputed topic because carried interest, that amount right there, I just explained to you, that goes to the fund manager, that 20%, that is taxed at capital gains rates. So the, all these fund managers, like you saw Donald Trump and yeah. Mitt Romney, they don't want to give out their tax returns because it's all both those guys risk. run funds. And that's why people go to Harvard for and do all the stuff is to get ca- that carried interest. That's where you make all your money as a fund manager. You're making, and it sounds like, oh man, you're only making like 20% on that, but you're making that on the entire fund. So you're running a deca billion dollar fund. That's, you know, two points of that is pretty yeah. good. Right? Yeah. Right. And so, but that's taxed at capital gains rates. Trump changed it to... Um, a little bit higher, a little bit harder. It's like 25% now. Um, they Biden's probably gonna repeal that. Like he's repealed everything. Everything else, yeah. <laughs> but we'll see. Maybe yeah. he'll keep that one. Yeah. Everything. Everything. So the other the other part of that, though, back to your question about, um, about uh, we can talk Trump and fees oh, yeah. if we want God. to, but, um, is uh, management fees. So that was the, you know, I protect pref, catch up, carried interest. You also have management fees. And a lot of funds will charge, typically it's like 2% management fee. So that's taken off the top before you guys get your 8%. Now, when I started my first fund, my dad said, don't charge a management fee. Yeah. And so my funds currently, I charge 0% management fees. So I literally do not make a dollar until you guys make 8% first on your money, which seems pretty fair. Yeah. So investors like that. I'm like, yeah. hey, I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I, I make $0 until you make 8% first. And when I do that, I don't have to have a license. So right. if you're going to charge a an, management fee, management then you've got to come in with a license. You need a series 65 because gotcha. you're, you're now an investment advisor. You're giving investment gotcha. advice and you're getting right. paid for that advice. Mm. Um, that's where you need it. Now I, I say that that's, that's in general at the sec level. 
Um, every state has different laws and for different, there's a lot of exemptions. So if yeah. you're on a venture capital fund, it's different. You'd actually don't need license real estate funds. If you're at file under, it's called a three C five is what it's under. You don't need to have a license um, on that type of fund. You can still charge management fees mm. without a license. So there's a lot of exceptions, but that's the general rule um, there. So I currently don't have a license um, right now. And I probably don't need one for this next fund. Actually, yeah. It's real estate fund because we're doing a real estate one. Is your goal mm-hmm. to eventually get one or is that not something that you really care about at this point? Um, because you're doing good with what you're doing. You know, you're, you're, you're generating the returns that you need to generate. So what would, I mean, what would be the purpose of getting it? Yeah, I don't, I don't need one right now. Um, I thought I did six months ago. So I started to study and okay. get all the, and it's a very nitpicky test. The 60 series 65 test. I started it. Did you start it? Yeah. 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 So I'm, I actually, I might take the test here in a minute just to, and I, my, actually my brother, he got, he passed the test and hasn't uh, done anything with he it. He hasn't like officially, what I forgot the name of it, but you like have to certify it. You mm. file your, I think it's called a U4 and you actually get it. He hasn't done it because there's actually more liability now it's, on you. Okay. And so there's just a lot more red tape and stuff. Oh yeah. So. Like if, if, um, so I started studying the 65 a little while ago and I cited, well, and then the series seven is like a whole nother level of like different rules and regulations, mm-hmm. a little bit different, yep. even for our accounting company. So I was like, uh, cause I've always just been intrigued by finance. I'm like, man, I love, you know, money, how it works, yep. like funds work. Like I want to learn more of this stuff. Right. And uh, so I started studying and then I started learning about some of these regulations and how much they regulate your other businesses. And sometimes you can't even have other businesses if they fall in different realms. And I was like, no, man, never mind. I'm out. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I didn't want to pursue that no more. Yeah. That was yeah. after we got, got our life licenses just so we could receive commissions. Yeah. So I was like, oh, maybe I want the next one. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. We both went and got our life insurance producer's license so we could sell mm-hmm. life insurance uh, at one point. We never really did anything with it, but. Still good information, yeah. you know, forces you to study and, you know, just Sharpen learn. The axe a little yeah, bit. yeah, that's exactly. a, I've actually, yeah. I've loved learning more, but yeah. it's a little bit nippy. I, 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 bugs, I hate the regulation. Yeah. I think it's good. I there's guess a place for it, it obviously, but, because if there's no yeah. regulation, then people would be raping and pillaging out yeah. here in the world, right? So regulation is good to a certain extent, but not over-regulated. Well, it's just yeah. always backwards. You know, so mm-hmm. it's just... It's like almost de-incentivizing to go get licensed because... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you got all these new regulations. Why, why not just rules. do this type of fund and not need a license uh-huh. and then not have to jump through all the red tape and, you know, deal with all the crap that yeah, comes exactly. along with it, right? What license do you guys have to have? Other ones you have to have for your stuff? Oh, for us? Yeah. Uh, we don't We don't have to have a license, right? Yeah, like, you can be an accounting we company. to do it. Yeah. Yeah, like, we have CPAs at work here. We have accountants. Have we, stuff, you know, yeah. we and they have licenses. And... They work for us. We don't have to have a license to own an accounting firm. We do if we mark ourselves as a CPA firm. Um, gotcha. But at the end of so the it's day, like an accounting firm, not a CPA firm. Yeah, but yeah. at the end of the day, like a Series Seven, like then you have to, you have to expose all the stuff even as your accounting firm, right? And there's all these new regulations, so it just wasn't even worth it. Yep. I gotcha. We just didn't want to bring in our businesses into the situation, you know. And yep. and, and if it. If he got a Series 7 and wanted to do something with it, like, oh, you can't be in the accounting industry or something like that. Yep. You know, who knows what, what red tape we'd come across with something like that. Let's talk real quick about maybe some of the, you know, I, I know people that uh, are successful or seeing success or climbing the ladder of success have their weird routines or their habits, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. What's maybe one or two of some of the non-negotiable habits that you do on a day-to-day basis? One to maybe keep your mind fresh, body, whatever it is, right? Um, working out. I'm huge in working out. Okay. I, just to get out. I do something every day, whether it's, it could be five minutes, 10 minutes. Um, 
I, I just gets you. You've got to move your body. You got to move. You got to get out. You got to yeah. do something. Well, I do like a little ab workout, even if, if yeah. a busy day, like I'll do something mm-hmm. like that. But I love that. Um, I'm not, and I've tried a ton because I love listening to those. You know, like oh, I wake up at five and I meditate, and then I yeah. sleep for twenty minutes, and then I do this, and I yeah. eat like a kale, like kale, and I yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I have chia seeds and whatever yeah. crap. And I actually I really like experimenting with all yeah. that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, the one a couple ones that have stuck. Yeah. I love intermittent fasting. That's what so I do. You right do that as well. Yeah. That one just I feel like it keeps my energy I high. Eat, I eat, the first meal I eat every day is at one to one thirty. You know, and then I won't eat anything after about eight thirty, something like cool. that. So yeah. mine's like a seven hour window, not an eight hour window. Yeah, I'm 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 just the average. Just twelve. I eat from twelve noon to eight. To eight. So but yeah. I think it keeps you sharp and it keeps your energy high and you know going there. But I I love I actually probably every three to six months. Yeah. I will test out a new. Something. You'll throw something in the mix just to mm-hmm. see if you like, like it, the, see if the, you vibe with it. Yeah, the Wim Hof breathing. Yeah. I love that. I've been doing that for a while. Cold showers. I did that for like six months. And then I'd switch over and I'll do like, I'll sleep in those days and stay up late. Like, I love just experimenting. Yeah, with you my hear, you, for you. yeah, you hear something, you're like, I'll try that. Yeah, you know, yeah. see if it'll enhance my life. Some do, some don't, right? Yeah. Everybody's got to kind of find their thing, their habits, their routines that really work for them that they feel like that they're getting value out yeah. of, right? Well, it never seems like they're forever. Yeah. You know, like I've had routines that some things will stick around forever, but that routine changes. It evolves as you evolve. It changes. Yeah. Like, yeah. dude, I used to love going out in the morning and uh, doing my visualizations with my coffee and stuff on my front porch. Yeah, you were talking mm-hmm. about but that. But now... Mm-hmm. It's too cold, bro. So I do that shit in the shower. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I do that for six months out of the year. The other six months uh, in, a sh- in a warm shower. Yeah. You know? I love uh, Dan, Dan Young, my partner. We were, he's got a good following and stuff. And you guys, I think, met him. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dan's cool. We were on a thing. And he goes, he, he seeks two hours of discomfort, discomfort a day. Things that he doesn't want to do at all. And that could be answering a certain email or talking yeah. to a certain employee or dealing with an issue that he just doesn't want to deal with at the moment or, or whatever, doing a different, different type of workout that he just yeah. doesn't like, but it'll push him. And that was his, I actually, I, uh, I've started, I'm, starting, I'm, starting, I'm starting that now. So two hours yeah. discomfort a day, I'm going to try that. So I'm in the experimental stage. Yeah. I'm just trying yeah. out all this stuff and I think it's fun. I yeah. think we're a forever experiment. Yeah. You so, know yeah. what I mean? Like you can't ever just settle. I mean, of course you can have your core habits or whatever but you're always going to try to introduce new ones and that's what we talk about all the time you just start with one new habit and then make that a habit then introduce mm-hmm. a new one and just try try different stuff mm-hmm. because intermittent fasting might not be for everybody mm-hmm. you know i started doing it on accident because i like in the morning it's like 8 50 i'm running out the door i don't got time to stop and get something to eat. i'm coming into the office right mm-hmm. and so i did that for like two or three days straight because i was just you know, busy running behind or whatever, not being able to eat. And then I started noticing, you know, that I was a little bit more alert in the mornings when I wasn't eating because my body's not sitting there taking energy to digest the food. Right. And then, and then you have a little bit more flexibility also with your eating, right? Because you're really only eating two meals a day. So I can eat my Chick-fil-A, you know, at lunch and, and, and I'm not freaking Looning up, yep. you know, yep. and then at dinner I try to eat something a little bit healthy. So fifty percent of the time it's healthy, yep. and you know maybe lunch I indulge a little bit. But yeah, I've done I've done intermittent fasting for probably three years, three and a half really? years, really, oh, right pretty on. pretty consistently. Yeah. So what what turned you on to that? Just a, a friend, or you just heard about <laughs> yeah, it and just, just said, "Yeah, I'll try things. it." Yeah, I'm a, I'm always down to try new stuff and just shake it up. So I, and I that one stuck. I love yeah. it. So yeah. why did you join the Investors Mastermind that we're both in? Was that All just kind of, of the network and just to 
get around other people for building funds and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, I um, I've always wanted to join a high ticket program like that. Just to see what we it's might, about. We might start one next year too. So yeah. I like, well, I got to join one first before yeah. I ever do one myself. See how they go down. And, and then secondly, you know. I, I, um, I'm a believer in, in paying for education and buying your way in and cause you'll value it way more. You'll yeah. value connections and relationships. Yeah. Definitely. And I was looking at it and I said, well, if I can go to this event and find a number of partners, let's call them three partners that I end up doing deals with over the next 25 years. It'll pay for itself. Yeah, that'll pay so, for itself. Oh, yeah. And so I, and I thought, I was looking at the group that was going and I said, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, it's an experiment. I'm gonna experiment. Yeah. Let's all throw down, right. it's like 30 grand, something like that, right? Yeah. Let's all throw down 30 yeah. grand and let's go. And so anyways, kind of gulped a little bit, you know? Yeah. Like, oh shoot, I, now I gotta make this worth <laughs> it, right? So yeah. now I gotta yeah. make it count. Yep. But uh, yeah, I think it's been pretty good. But dude, yeah, I mean that's I mean that's the thing. You're sitting here in our podcast, dude. Who knows? Maybe we'll get in your yeah. fund one of these days, yeah, yeah. and you know that's just how these you things work. Right? That is that's, you know? that is how it works, right? We just so that you guys know and have a little bit of uh, background. You know, we did meet Bridger. Uh, what was it, a month ago? Was it about a month? Three weeks ago? Something like that mm-hmm. in Arizona when me and Kel joined the Avengers Mastermind. Guys, we talk to you a lot about coaching and mentoring and network groups. And it's not just the coaching and mentoring. It's the people that are in the group that you're going to get a lot of value from. The most value. The most value is in the group of people that you're surrounding yourself with. Usually the people that are putting on the group, yes, they'll give you good information while they're there. But you're not able to get in, sit next to them for three days straight and just kind of milk them of information outside of what they talk about on stage. So when you're talking about joining a group that costs $30,000 to join, we like that because we know that the people that can afford to spend $30,000 are the people that we want to surround ourselves with, right? That those are the players that we want to do business with at one point or another, right? It's just good to have a network of individuals that are one willing to pay to play. They're about self-improvement, growth. And when you get a group of people that are all with that same mindset and you start networking in that group, that's when magical things really start happening. You know, that's, we we met Aaron in the Arate Syndicate, right? Mm, cool, and then yeah. Aaron did the Avengers Mastermind thing and then we joined that and then we met you, yeah. right? And you knew probably, did you know Aaron prior to that? Uh, My yeah, guess, yeah, yeah. right? So. You see how it all just starts kind of coming together that we knew Aaron, we invested because we knew Aaron and we invested in the Everbowl and the parent company and all that. Yeah. And then you did also. And then now we're sitting here in a room doing a podcast. That's so right. Cool, yeah. You know, so that's how full circle stuff can come when you put yourself in rooms with individuals that are exactly like you, willing to pay to play, willing to pay for information. And again, as Kel said, the power is in the group of the people that are there. The, the people putting it on, yes, they're very powerful, you know, financially stable individuals that are doing amazing things. But it's networking I'll, with the people on yeah, the ground. That I'll matters. add on to that yeah. because it's I mean, when I first heard that people spent money on yeah. mash, I was like, that is the dumbest crap. They, they oh, must. That's, they, all, that's everybody's first thought. They're right. just like, that's ridiculous. You're just throwing your money yep. away at some guy that that's how he makes his money. And, you yep. know, he, like he's milking you. Right. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. like your first thought. Like red flag, red <laughs> yeah. flag. This guy wants he only wants my money. He's not exactly. trying to help me. And I, I, uh, yeah. I've spent the last two years about $55,000 on just courses, yeah. online courses yep. mm-hmm. because I remember, I remember when I bought my first course, it was $1,000. It was this design funnel course thingy. And I bought it and I gulped. I got, oh shoot, 
you know? And do I, I really want to really do this? this? Yeah. Is it going to be valuable? And I bought it and I look at six months later, I was like, man, I, that land, I landed my, I, we were, this is back when my six businesses try and we land a client that paid us like three grand to yeah. design their funnels and stuff. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Like that. Yeah. And it, all the stuff direct. And I was like, wow, that course paid for itself yeah. right there. And then I went and bought another course and like mm-hmm. on Facebook ads or YouTube. And like, I, I love courses. I buy them all the time. I drop my, I just drop credit cards because I know nine times out of 10, that's going to, it's going to be well, a you positive have, You ROI. have the experience now. You have the data to know that anytime that you've spent money, you've been better off for it. Yeah, I've, So every single time there's an opportunity to spend money, it gets that much easier to spend mm-hmm. it. You don't even think twice about it. You're like, I've already done this here, 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 and here. I see all the value that I got when I actually parted with money mm-hmm. uh, with the right intention of trying to learn and grow. Mm-hmm. So therefore, if I continue to do that, I'm just going to continue to learn, continue to grow, and continue to be more financially free, right? Exactly, yeah. And that's really what well, it comes Well, you kind of learn how to work these masterminds, too. Like, when we go there, we, yeah. we, we set different, you know, like... We weren't going there to invest in any of those guys' funds. We're going there yeah. to meet people like you who maybe have a fund without fees uh, or <laughs> yeah. actually have yeah. referrals that they could send to our business yeah. or, you know, just connections of other people that could be referrals. And so anyway, we go there with different intentions. Walk well. me through your guys. Do you guys have a strategy when you go to those events? <clears throat> I do. Yeah. Yeah. What's well, like walking through the game plan? So, I mean, some of these guys are their own educators and creators, mm-hmm. uh, you courses. know, courses, mastermind developers, like they are their own and they're working with business owners. Sometimes they're just starting out and they need some of our startup accounting packages. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're more established and they need better attention in their accounting. So we go there to get to know these people so that we can either, you know, build a direct referral back and forth type of relationship or yeah. maybe sponsor a future event for them and become part of their ecosystem. Mm, yeah. So we've, we've got some of our most value affiliates doing yeah, it that way. That's cool. Yeah. 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 That's really what it comes down to, man. It's, but at the same time, even though we've gone into it with kind of that mindset, you know, it's not like we went into a same yeah. into RTA syndicate and said, let's invest into a franchise. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that was never the intent, but then we met Aaron and we like Aaron and he's got a proven track record. And so it's like, Sure, let's do that. Mm-hmm. You know, sure, let's invest into the parent company as well. And then we met another individual that we ended up building an entire credit repair company off of, you know, that's only a year old or mm-hmm. less, a little less than a year old. And, you know, we're going to do $200,000 this month in revenue in less mm-hmm. than a year, right, of starting that business. Did we know that going in and parting with $6,000 a month to join the group each? Mm-hmm. So it was twelve grand a month. Yeah. No, we, there's no guarantees. I think the problem is, is people want more certainty prior to parting with money. Now, are you certain in yourself that you're willing to do what it takes with the information? You're really betting on you. You're really investing into you. Don't look at it. I'm giving you my money. Like, oh my gosh, you just want all my money. You're going to make so much. Why are, Why would I be counting your money? I should be focused on the value that I'm going to try to get in the group right? And the network of individuals. And so we built one company off of it. We invested into the parent company, invested into the franchise, all because we joined a group, right? And we were able to network. Now, that might not have been the initial intention, but that's what happens when you get into groups is you get presented different opportunities to do things maybe outside your norm, right? And that's something that we really enjoy at this point is getting outside of our normal businesses and seeing what else we can create. Because at the end of the day, you want to build a badass life resume through a bunch of different investments, a bunch of different businesses, and just really see how far you can take this thing, right? And so it's it's. Dude, I awesome. think that's a that's hundred, I love you know? what you said. Like, yeah, it's exactly right. You're betting on yourself yes. when you get in that course of, 
can I take this and generate a positive ROI on my six grand a month? Yeah. That's all it's, the, it's that's not all up the question. to the individual. No, it's up to that, you. That, that's mm-hmm. running the mastermind. Exactly. They can't do anything for you besides giving you the information. Mm-hmm. It's really up to you on what you do with it. So if you invest, you're investing into yourself and you're betting on yourself that you have enough confidence provided that you're given a game plan or given a path that you're that you're willing to do what it takes in order to see that through. You're an action taker. If you're not an action taker, just don't invest into groups. Mm-hmm. It just it just won't work. You know, we've how many people we've seen in whether it's Apex or this or that kind of come a million and oh, then yeah. and then they leave, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? And they're like, hey, I just didn't, really didn't get a whole lot of value because all they were trying to do was just the business aspect. Like I'm measuring my ROI on my company. I invested two grand a month mm-hmm. to join this group, but my business isn't growing more than you know two grand a month yeah. right now, right? But again, they're just investing into something to take something rather than investing into something with an open mind, yeah, you can have an agenda and a goal of what you want to accomplish going into a group, but you also have to go into it being open-minded to maybe be presented different opportunities as well. Not just think about yourself, because then somebody invests for six months, like, that group's stupid. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. You know, there's you plenty of take people. Advantage. You, you well, I love what you take guys advantage did. of it. You just said this. You yeah. guys... And I love for people that are action takers, that are mm-hmm. open for opportunity. You guys launched a whole credit repair company. Yeah. It sounds like, right? Yep. Off of a relationship you met. Yep. Kind of. Kind of yeah. like that, right? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe there's more to that well, story. Well, we had a company and it part of it was credit repair already. Mm-hmm. And we are already wanting to kind of go more Pivot. that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, the connection was like, oh, like this whole marketing piece that we were missing mm-hmm. to be able to, you to know, blow go full time with to it. To blow it right? up. Yeah. 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 But and, I think that, and so he brought in and said, I know how to generate credit repair leads. He needed some some information yeah, from yeah, us yeah. too. Gotcha. And so we, he says, I don't know how to do fulfillment, but I know how to get leads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, we're like, we know fulfillment. Oh, perfect, yeah. You know, we just don't know how to do the lead side of it. So we came and we swapped information mm-hmm. and he has everything that we have. We have everything he has and now we can scale it as big as we want. Yeah. Right? But I think, yeah, that, what I was saying was just being in the game. You guys mm-hmm. were in the game and ready to swing a bat. Most, I think most people- Take the bat off your shoulder. They they sit in the mm. sidelines, they're on Twitter, mm. and they are in the peanut gallery, and they make yep. fun, and they joke, and whatever, and they're not actually in the game. Yeah. They're not actually at the plate, swinging the bat. Yeah. And that's that was my mentality getting into, I started six businesses my first years of college, right? Just swing the bat. Yeah. yeah. At least I'm in the game, yeah. and maybe I'll hit a single, maybe I'll hit a double, I'm gonna strike out a few yeah, times, of course. but at least I'm in the game swinging the bat. At least you have an opportunity to hit the home yeah. run or a base hit, Exactly. Right? Yeah. If and you're not swinging, there's zero opportunity. And I have plenty of friends that are, and this is how I used to be, was the, if you guys ever felt like the noise in your head as an entrepreneur, yeah. you have all this noise. I this, Before I started my first business, I had all this noise like, okay, I've, I've listened to the podcast. I watched the Gary V or the crap on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like all hyped up on Tony Robbins. And I'm like, I yeah. can do it, but I'm, and you just mm-hmm. sit, sit up at night and you're thinking around and it's just this, I call it the noise in your head. And the only way for me to get the noise out of my head was just start doing stuff. Yep. And it didn't, it didn't even matter if it was the right path, but if I just started- Stay busy. Just was busy and started working. Put what, your mind on a task. Yeah, and just started moving. What happens is you start swinging the bat a little bit. Mm-hmm. and friends and family start to notice you're a, you're a bat swinging type of person. Mm. And they go, oh, if I have a friend who's a business person or whatever, I'm gonna send that person to Kale, mm-hmm. or Bridger or Trevor, right? And yeah. and that's because the, they're the type of people that swing the bat. Yeah. And what it does, it build, you build momentum. They call it law of attraction, whatever, but it's really just, yeah. you're the type of person that's in the game and people wanna partner with people that are in the game. And, Funny uh, analogy because my son's batting coach 
just knows that like I have businesses and I do stuff, but he doesn't. You know, he's just a batting coach. That's literally what he does full time. He's like, hey man, I gotta be talking to this guy, mm. right? Because he keeps talking all this business stuff, and I don't want to talk that, but I know you talk that, mm -hmm. so I gotta have him talk to you. He brought him into our office, and that was cool. literally our credit repair process. We bought it from that guy. We bought the fulfillment. And then a couple process. months, yeah, and then six months later, interest. we literally. Meet this other guy out in our tape, man. It's like, I know the marketing piece. I'm like, okay, we've that's got the a, yeah, fulfillment awesome. piece. Yeah. We're doing the funding piece before that. Anyway, so it was funny how mm -hmm. it all came together with yeah, your bat, right. yeah. your batting the analogy. analogy with actually what happened. I love yeah. it. Yeah. He took yeah. his kid at bat and he got a deal done. His kid was swinging the bat. Yeah. And Joe's swinging the metaphorical yeah. business bat, right? But I've known that guy for a long time. Yeah. He just knows I'm a business guy. And yeah. So, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. He knows he, Kel was always yeah. at yeah. bat, yeah. swinging, taking his chance on different opportunities. What a cool analogy. You know? Uh, yeah, very relevant in Kel's uh, life, yeah. and then uh, it brought it into my life as yeah. well. Yeah. So, uh, dude, if somebody wants to connect with you, how do they connect with you? Like, where would they go? Is it just Instagram, Facebook, website? Yeah, so we, um, my, my name is Bridger Pennington, so Bridger underscore Pennington Instagrams are easy way to find me just DM okay. me on there but also all of our stuff is called investment fund secrets investmentfundsecrets.com.com yeah okay. investmentfundsecrets.com or the investment fund secrets podcast or show on youtube and mm -hmm. stuff and we've got a ton of we try to put out a lot of free content and really get into the weeds of just educating to where people feel comfortable a little mm -hmm. bit more about maybe joining a fund or starting a fund yeah right? exactly so private equities hedge funds venture yeah. capital that's what we focus on and do real estate funds and we just try to teach it's it's just crazy that just like try Wall to give Street. good content, good information. Yeah. Wall Street you know? just has this secret world, and it's yeah. not that hard. It's not yeah. that crazy if you yeah. understand it. And so that's what we try to do. So, anyways, so that's you're you're the you're the bridge between Wall Street and the common person. You're there trying to say, I understand what's going on mm -hmm. here, and I'm gonna break it down to you, so that you we can bring it together, so that you realize that it's really not that difficult to do, provided that you're again an action taker. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. So. Yeah. No, that's awesome, bro. You've, you've been a, a, a badass guest and, you know, brought a lot of valuable information today in terms of funds, which is something. Yeah, I was learning. You yeah, know? yeah. This is We're, one everyone should have their note and papers out and yeah, learning, just learning to, some yeah, of the, go like, back prefs, prep, what prefs, this, why, PRs, Dude, that so, stuff's new to us. That's yeah. actually one of the reasons yeah. we did join that specific investors masterminds because mm -hmm. I'm like, Dude, I, I keep wanting to get my money in funds. I tried real estate years ago, got my ass kicked right before 08. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, so it's your little gun shy. Like, I need to know a little more before I jump back mm -hmm. in. I'm doing these other investments, but, you know, so learning that terminology is actually still pretty new to me. Yeah, so, yeah. So if, 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 if any of this went over your head, don't worry. Some of it went over our head, too. That's why he has a, <laughs> that's why he has a, a podcast where he can drop more information to where he can you know, dive deep in some of these concepts and how they work even more so than what we did on the podcast. But no, dude, we appreciate you coming yeah, into the office. Yeah, I know we fun. changed the time from two 30, pushed it back on you and you were good about it. Yeah, that's perfect. That's you missed the tea it. time at the golf course. Well, I was going to miss it anyways, unless something crazy happened, but it's yeah. probably a good thing. Cause <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, you've yeah, been I'm, golfing too much lately. Going out like us, bro. He's going to choose like, business over yeah, golf. Yeah. You know, like, 18, we sure early. 18 yeah. holes is long. So yeah, this, this was only about what four holes worth. So you can probably go meet him in the back nine and then you can get your nine. They get exactly. their 18 and you get the podcast idea. done and everybody everybody wins. So, <laughs> uh, man, we appreciate you coming on. Um, it, it was a badass episode. Guys, if you got value in it, make sure you drop a review. Um, share it with somebody that you care about. Other than that, have a kick-ass day.
Hey, hey, what's going on? Wasn't that awesome? So what we've done is made a Facebook group that is free to the public. You've got to opt in and join it, but I go live in there every single Wednesday to walk through your questions, do live Q&A and walk through new topics. So if you want to connect with me, want me to answer your questions directly, join our Facebook group. It's Investment Fund Secrets. If you go online, you'll see it. We have a private group for our mastermind members. It's not that one. It's our free group. You guys can hop in, get questions answered, meet other people starting funds and, and join our Investment Fund Secrets family. If you guys are interested, go to Facebook Investment Fund Secrets. I'll see you guys inside.